0: You know, especially as you grow up, you get older, you know, and you move later into life, you tell your parents, you know, Y'all were kind of crazy when I was a kid, you know? Y'all, y'all were like beating us, not feeding us. And they're like, oh, none of that happened. And you're like, no, yes it, yes, it did. You ever argue with somebody about something that happened and they say it didn't happen? And you're like, no, yes, it did happen. Like that, that is a true event that took place. But we all have a different way of seeing things. We all have different perspectives of how things happen, right? And what happens is, is this begins to form how you see the world. And how you see things is shaped by your experiences, how you were raised, the part of the world we live in, right? And uh, just your upbringing, your parents, your family, your heritage, all of this goes into play in forming what we call a worldview. And everybody here has a worldview and has a way that they interpret the world. And we have a lens that we see the world through. Everybody here has a lens that you look through when you see the world. And it was taught to you by your parents, by your grandparents. Something so simple as a parent or grandparent telling you, you know, you got to be careful. You can't trust anybody. And then you begin to look at every situation through the lens of, I can't trust people. Or somebody hurts you, a friend betrays you, a family member betrays you, and then you think, man, I've, I've really got to be careful. And what do we do? We put up walls and we guard ourselves. We have this lens that we look at the world through, and this involves creation, economics, governments, relationships, the environment. And we have, we have these things that through this lens we see the world and most of us were born in America, and I say most of us were born here, and we have a Western first world world view. We are born and raised in America, um, and, and that affects how we see the world versus someone born in Russia. My grandfather was a first-generation immigrant who escaped Nazi Germany as about an eight-year-old little boy and came to America with his mother. He has a completely different worldview than I do. Why? Because of his experiences, because of what he's been through. Then you add on top of this tragedy, trauma. You know, we always talk about the personality styles. And there's a book and it talks about the animals, you know, and there's the golden retriever, the otter, the lion, the, you know, all these different uh, animals that make up your personality. And it's like these personalities, you know, talk about how the otter is this fun, outgoing person and and loves a good time. But you throw in trauma into that and it changes that. You know, we all know that a golden retriever is a very loyal, faithful, loving dog. But if you tie one up in your backyard, go outside with a stick every day and beat it, you'll turn it into a vicious animal. Right. And so all of these things shape who you are, what you are and how you see the world. And I want to talk to you this morning about a biblical worldview and as Christians, how we should see the world through the lens of the word of God that this should be the lens that we look through in when we view the world and view the things of the world. And I want to read you something. Uh, This is from gotquestions.org. Uh, if you're on the U version Bible app this morning, I provided a link there for you where you can go to this full article. Before we jump into that, let's pray, and then we'll read this together. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that as I speak, it is not my words, but your words, Father, that you speak through me, that our hearts are open, ready to receive. Father, that for a moment... We can take what we think and what we believe and we can set it to the side, Father, and we can let you speak to us anything that's wrong in us, anything in error, you would correct. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? All right, this is talking about a a worldview. An apple sitting on a table is seen by several people. A botanist looking at the apple classifies it. An artist sees a still life and draws it. A grocer sees an asset and inventories it. A child sees lunch and eat it. How we look at any situation is influenced by how we look at the world at large. Every worldview, Christian and non-Christian, deal with at least these three questions. Where did we come from and why are we here? What is wrong with the world and how can we fix it? So these are three common questions that any worldview view faces. Now, as Christians, we know that we have the answer to where we came from. We know that when we're the first question, where we come from, God created us in his image. Now, think about the world at large, how we don't know the answer to this question. Culture, the world. We don't know where we came from. Everyone has their own ideas, and we could line up ten different people and get ten different answers of where we came from, from the creation of the earth to the galaxy to the to the everything to the universe at large. You know where, where if we're alone or not alone, right? All of these questions: Is the Earth round or flat? Think think how ridiculous that seems to even have that conversation. But people firmly believe that the earth is flat, right? There, there's, you can get online and look that up, right? And, and it shapes how we view the world. And I believe that everybody here, if I, if I ask, well, how many of y'all listen to the world, listen to culture, listen to music and media to help shape your worldview? Probably nobody would raise their hand because we all think that's the wrong answer. I should not say that. Right, what I should say is, hey, I let the Bible, yeah, that, that sounds like a good answer, I like that one. But what we do is we mix them. We take some of the Bible, we take some of the world, we take some of culture, we take some of grandma, right, and, and we mix it all in a blender together to create our worldview. A prevalent worldview, this is from God. Questions, it continues, a prevalent worldview today is naturalism, which answers the three questions like this. We are a product of of random acts of nature with no real purpose. Okay, what's wrong with the world? We do not respect nature as we should. How do we fix it? We can save the world through ecology and conservation. That is a popular worldview. And then what we do is, is we take kind of what culture says, what we hear at church, what we heard at Sunday school as a kid, and we mix it all together. And the culture can be very convincing. They can say things that you think, well, hey, I feel like Jesus could say that. I feel like Jesus could believe that. And what we have to do is, is we have to hold firm to the word of God. You have to hold firm to this. If it doesn't line up with this, it does not shape how I see the world. It does not shape how I answer those three questions. I wanna give you three keys to a biblical worldview. These are just three keys to get you started on having a biblical worldview and the steps that you have to take to get there and to get that and to make sure, you know, I mean, you just think about those three questions. You can write those questions down and think about what would your answers be to where do we come from? You know, what's wrong with the world and how can we fix it? Number one, a key to a biblical worldview is truth. God's opinion, God's word, not mine. God's opinion, not my opinion. Think how we absolutely love our opinions. We shine them. We get them out and show them to people. We hold them dear to our chest. We carry them with them. I mean, we're ready for someone to ask, what's your opinion? We will lay our life down and die holding our opinions dear to our chest. We love our opinions, and we think that we're right, right? And everybody in the room that has their opinion, you think you're right about your opinion. If I say you're wrong, it just makes your opinion shine brighter, right? And, and we we love our opinions, but what I have to understand with the biblical worldview is that it's not my opinion, it's God's. It's God's word. That is what I believe, and that's what, our, what, what I stand on because our lens of how we view the world is the word of God. Second Peter one twenty says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture of the Bible came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. It did not come about by the prophet's opinions. Verse 21, for prophecy never had its origins in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by, their, by the Holy Spirit. So, I know by that verse right there that this was written by humans, but God spoke to them as they wrote. So this is the word of God. And yes, humans wrote it, but I believe that their opinions necessarily weren't affecting what God was telling them to write. Now, one of the things you have to understand about your Bible is your Bible was written for you, but not to you. It's for you, but not to you, okay? When they were writing this, America didn't exist. Over 2,000 years ago, you know, they start finishing up and and really even beginning the, the New Testament, it was written in the Middle East by Middle Eastern Jews, Greeks, and Gentiles, Right. And they are writing this to, you know, the book of Matthew was written to the Jewish people. That's the the kind of the lens they're looking through is the Jewish people. But it's for me. It belongs to me. But I have to understand that I have to take my Western worldview and set that to the side as I read scripture. As I read the word of God and as I believe in it, and I believe that it's from God. John 14, 6, Jesus said, he's arguing with uh, some some of the Pharisees and he tells them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except me, through me. Jesus said that he was truth. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth. That when you, when you read the word of God and you rely on the Holy Spirit, he will lead you into truth. And then that affects my worldview and how I see things. And the things that we believe as a Christian is then solidified through the truth of God. So the first thing is, is it's, it's God's truth, right? It's God's word, God's opinion, not mine. I'm gonna set that aside for my worldview. Number two is submission. God's terms, not mine. The first one, most people don't have much trouble with. I believe what God says. Number two is now do what God says. I don't like that. That's where we get the blender out. Well, I'll mix what I want to do, what God wants to do. Hopefully I slide into heaven at the last minute. Right, and then that's how we view Christianity as a whole. The whole reason we're here is to avoid hell. Right, The the whole reason I'm here is just to get into heaven one day. You know, I told the students in Ground Zero a few weeks ago that heaven's not the goal. And they kind of looked at me like, well, what what are we doing, right? Then what's going on here? But heaven is is not the goal. You were not created for heaven. Anybody here think, you know, I want Jesus to come back, but not right now? Now, now the older you get, the, the more you're like, no, just come on, buddy, right? Just come on. You know, the teenagers were like busting their hands up, like, I ain't ready, right? And then I asked the kids, how many of you want to get married first? And all hands up went all across the room, right? Oh, my God, I want to get married. It's like, it's like let's get married in heaven. Like, let's not worry about it right now, right? You know, 14-year-olds, like, don't worry about getting married. But we, we sing, we have country songs that say this, you know, you know, I want to go to heaven, but not right now. Right, that's because we don't have an understanding. You think there's things I want to do on the earth because you were created for the earth. You were created for planet earth. You weren't created for heaven. In the end, God says, I'm going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to rule and reign on a new earth. We're not going to live in heaven. We'll be there till he returns to restore the earth, whether he comes in the rapture first or we die first. Right? And so so we kind of get that thing mixed up and we kind of think, well, I'm just here to avoid hell. But listen, we want to submit our lives to God, just as Greg talked about in worship. We surrender. And I love how he said, you know, surrendering is to stop fighting. Yes, yes, stop fighting God. Quit fighting him, quit arguing with him, quit quit having this battle of the wills with God and submit your life to him and to his word. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself then to God, submit or humble yourself, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Now, see, here's, here's how it's important to understand about the Bible. Who was he writing to? James was writing to a group of Jews that weren't serving Jesus, and he's telling them that this group of people that he's writing to, you need to purify yourself. In the early church, they were really bad about, we like God. He seems great. We'll add him to all the other gods we have. And we want to keep all these others and go to these other temples. Because I got pretty girls with that one over on the east side of town. And we want to go over there, right? We want to quit doing that. Right? And so they wanted to add God into everything. And we can be very guilty of doing the same thing. We want to add God into everything else we believe, how we see the world, our opinions that we hold. And, and James here, the brother of Jesus, what is he saying? He's saying, hey, humble yourself before the Lord. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Come near to God. And as you draw near to God, like I believe you're doing this morning, God is drawing near to you. Wash your hands. And he's calling them sinners. Why say wash the hands? The priests, when they would go into the tabernacle, they would have a, a, a basin with water, bronze basin, and they would wash their hands in it before they went in the temple because they had to purify themselves, their hands and their feet. And they had a whole bunch of rituals that they went through to purify themselves. We're purified by the blood of Jesus. So I don't have to physically wash my hands because God, Jesus, through his blood has cleansed me. But what is it saying? Hey, Turn from your sin Turn from that way of thinking Turn from that life Mourn it Grieve it Cry and move on Right And, and, and let your, your laughter in the morning And your joy to gloom And then humble yourself before the Lord And then what will he do He will lift you up God will raise you up See so many times when we, we do an altar call, We ask people to get saved and, and I've done it Pastor, And we've all done it it's, there's nothing wrong with it But we say Hey you want to make Jesus Lord of your life and there's just a small error. It's not a huge deal. It's not like you didn't get saved if you said that. But what happens is I don't make Jesus Lord. I submit to him as Lord. He's Lord whether I say he is or not. And at the end of the age, everyone will confess that he's Lord, whether you admitted it or not, right? But I, I, I don't make him Lord of my life. I submit to him as Lord of my life. So the first, the first key to a biblical worldview is truth, that it's God's opinion, God's word is not mine. Two is I'm gonna submit. It's God's terms, God's way, not mine. Number three is relationship. Relationship. I'm called to love God and love people. I'm called to love God and love people. Matthew 22, 37, Jesus speaking. He's arguing with some Pharisees again. They ask him, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So you were created for relationship. You were created and designed for relationship. And the most important relationship you have in your life is your relationship with the Lord. That is the most important relationship that you have, is that you build a relationship with the Lord. Then then the other two, I believe, begin to fall into place. Then it becomes God's truth, then it becomes God's way. As I build that relationship with him, and then as I build that relationship with him, I begin to love other people. Right? And we have all these different views, all these different opinions on on everything. From creation, from where did we come from, from money, to government, to what's right and what's wrong. I mean, you just sit down with a group of Christians and say, what do y'all think about drinking alcohol? And everybody will have a different opinion. Everybody will have a different thing that they say or believe. Right? Right? And 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 it opens up this gate, like this this kind of thing into your soul of like, oh man, you know, you find out what you really believe. Now these three questions continued by gotquestions.org answers the three questions that we just asked a minute ago from a biblical perspective. A Christian worldview, on the other hand, answers the three questions biblically. So where do we come from? We are God's creation, designed to govern the world and fellowship with him. We sinned against God, subjected the whole world to a curse. God gave himself uh, and has redeemed the world through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, and will one day restore creation to its former perfect state. A Christian worldview leads us to believe in moral absolutes, in miracles, human dignity, and the possibility of redemption. I mean, we we could gather up five pastors from five different types of churches and say, what do y'all think about miracles? And you'll get five different answers. Right? The Pentecostal says, man, they're alive today. The other says, those are gone. That was back then. God's not doing that anymore. Right? And you have all these different views of even, not even of the world, but of this. And people's interpretations of this. And you live in a day and an age where you have access to thousands and millions of hours of information. You have the internet, right? And you can Google. And then, and then if you're on social media, any nut with a cell phone can get on, put headphones on in his room by himself and act like he's on a podcast Right? And then you think, well, he must know what he's talking about. He's on he's on a microphone and on a on a podcast, right? I mean, he, I mean, he looks like Joe Rogan. He must be as smart as him, right? And then you listen to it and they say some crazy, nutty thing, and you think, well, that that must be right. Right? And so you have to be so, so careful what you listen to, who you listen to, what you're feeding on, what you're allowing into you, because it begins to affect your worldview. Christian movies, TV shows are amazing, but they don't replace this. And most of them are 50% right. I love The Chosen TV show. It's amazing. I would encourage everybody to watch it. It's not 100% accurate. You've got to read this to know, right? You've got to read your word of God to understand what really happened to the timeline of things. I don't make that my Bible. That is not truth, right? It's cool. It's entertainment. And it kind of shows it in a way different light, a way different perspective, but they have to add things, right? They have to change some things, crunch the timeline up. I don't think they're doing anything evil or wrong, but you have to understand that how, I'm not going to go watch the passion of the Christ and then think, oh man, that's exactly how all of that happened. It's like, oh, this is great. This is great! It brings a visual to it, right? It brings an image to it, but this is truth. When you're thinking about, you know, is God real? How did the earth come to be? Is the devil real? You know, I, there's an old movie called Constantine with Keanu Reeves. I absolutely love that movie. And this lady says, I don't believe in the devil. And he says, that's fine because he believes in you. And, and, and it's like, it's like and that, that, I watched that as, as a younger, you know, high school, and it was like, man, that shook me up, man. You may think, well, the devil's not real, but, but he, he knows you're real, right? And, and, and do we have an enemy? Is there a spiritual world, right? And the Bible says that the spiritual world is more real than the physical world. Everybody has their opinions. Everybody has their way of seeing things. And we want to be rooted in truth because truth today is relative. Everybody has this thing called my own truth, which is ridiculous. That means your opinion, right? And your opinion is not truth, right? I can, I can tell everybody here that the sky is orange. The sky is orange. And when you walk out and it's not orange, I say, well, that's my truth. Well, you're a numbnut, right? 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 I mean, you need to go see the doctor. And so what do we have to do? We have to stay rooted in this, rooted in Christ. So I know what truth is. So when people come out and say, well, this is our truth on marriage. This is our truth on gender. This is our truth on government. This is our truth on creation, right? I can stay rooted in the word of God and know that his truth is my truth, that I submit to him and that I walk in relationship with him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for this incredible church, these incredible people. Father, this incredible service we've had together today that we would be encouraged, we would be filled up, that, Father, we would be rooted in your word, rooted in your truth, Father, and that it it would fill us up and that we would submit our lives to you, and we would walk in relationship with you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Y'all go ahead and stand to your feet. Y'all be blessed, and have a great rest of your day. We love you.